0: Yes, sir, Rita, we got a firestorm in here today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hi, my name is John Washington, and welcome to Black Beat. Today, we are here celebrating a few good things and some beautiful things in light of some not-so-beautiful things, but we're gonna get to each of them today. Um, I'm, um, I'm also honored to have my co-host and, and director in the room today with this exciting award, uh, Part of what Flawson has been doing over the years is looking at and identifying some real interesting uh, topics around who's who and who is really adding something to the Black community and who ain't. But we talk a whole lot about what we do and what we don't do. But today, we're going to talk to some of them winners, not some of them people who are talking about doing some of the things that they do, but some winners. This morning, I'd also would like to introduce you Fawn Aberson on our set. Uh, she is, uh, has been a real supportive uh, director and developer of this podcast, and I am honored to have her on the show today. Good morning, Fawn
1: good morning john good morning yeah i'm really excited because um our team of writers under your um tutelage has been working hard on this next issue of flossen magazine build black better as part of that um you know our staff has been working pretty hard doing a lot of research and uh we came up with um the list right so um our guest today tops the list of flossin magazine's upcoming edition as the number one of five organizations who are building the black community back and better than ever uh we welcome one of the founders the president and the managing partner of raymore
0: construction
1: construction, (laughs) jeff moreland senior
0: hey brother welcome to the show boy this is a hot one boy it's good to have you in the house today it's been a little bit trying to get you here though but we got you here you know Hey man, the world is actually tipsy and turby, mm-hmm. but man, this last one boy was a barn burner, and it's interesting how it's shaping up, man. So let's let's chop that up a little bit before we get into this award, man, because I'm always respecting your thoughts on some things. And and when this occurred, I wrote a little piece, and uh, so I'd like to read this little piece real quick and get some basic response before we move into some of the other stuff, because I you know I like to wade through the doo doo before I get to the good stuff first. So ha- if I had a choice. But this is what I wrote in relationship to Ty. It may be odd to some, but one of the strongest thoughts I had watching the now widely reviewed footage of Ty Nichols' final fatal encounter with the men of Memphis Police Department was, where was the father? When Ty cried out mama, where was the cry for his father? Where was the father in each of the officers who looked at the young man not as a son, but as hunters who just caught their prey and propped him up on display as a trophy? Where was the father's voice inside the head of this young man, Ty, whispering, be still, be calm, face your fears, I am with you. Black men, black fathers, what say you? Where is the father in each of us, leading us to the best versions of ourselves? Where is our father, our internal governor, the true fiber of men? That is love. There is no greater thing than this. Men, we need our fathers, our higher power, our higher consciousness to awaken in us each day and remain if we are to eradicate the pain for those we are born to protect. Now, when I wrote that, man, I was—I don't know where I was at at that time, B, but I was telling you, man, I was feeling something, man, because it just didn't seem right. At what time in our lives as men do we grow out of the cry for our mother, especially on the field of battle? So it was a little bit kind of uh, uncomfortable, but it also opened up some other things, Jeff. It opened up this whole notion about— us being insignificant or us being invisible? Who are we as black men in our communities today? You know, man, so anyway, I'm open that up to you, bruh. I'm, I'm, you know, it was a heavy one for me, so I had to drop that out there, you know, because I know in the past you and I have kicked it on this issue around gender and that stuff. And it wasn't so much that gender played a part in that, but it just seemed to me that it was just all men. And it's always odd that we as men cry out for our mamas when in fact, I would I wouldn't bring my mama into battle. I wouldn't call for her in a, in a complicated situation where I think she would get hurt. I would assume that I would call my father. so anyway, talk to me a little bit, but it just a deeper meaning, but you know
2: man that's uh that's a lot, John. Um, uh wow, where to begin? well, let me just say this is that as black men, you know as well as I know, uh we have been made insignificant, right? We've been under siege for a very, very, very long time, right? The Black men, all men have been under attack, but specifically the black men in this country have been under siege for a very, very long time. The reason why our young men cry out for their mothers is because the fathers have not been there. The wow. fathers have not been there because they've been under, under siege. They've been attacked. You know, you look at, you know, the 13th Amendment, you look at the black codes, you look at the prison industrial complex, you look at um, flooding our communities with uh, with drugs and and all this thing. They have re- essentially neutralized the black men's presence. So you have a group of men growing up not only without fathers, but a hatred for black men which is why you see so much violence in the street, right? We see our brothers killing each other all the time because mm. of this removal and the fathers not being there, right, in their, in their lives. But that's not—that was done to us, and it's too much to go into. There's a—not um, to plug somebody else, man, there's a young brother who's talking about these issues a lot, and he has a, a thing he did. Uh, uh, talking about to all black men, and yeah. it's worth watching, right? It's, it's a brother named by the name. He goes by the name of Truth Unedited, and he gives a, a, a history on how black men in this country have systematically been completely conquered, completely taken out, to where now our young men are looking to their mothers for protection, not to their fathers. The invisible, the, models, right? the invisible man. The invisible man. Yeah. The mm. invisible need has been on our neck forever. So yeah. anyway, so it's just a lot to talk about, man. It just breaks my heart. You know, there's a a, a, a prayer vigil that we're gonna I'm gonna go down to here to to kind of you know do this, but what needs to happen is we as so called black men have to start waking up. We have to understand who we truly are, and once we understand who we truly are, we can reclaim our identity. Mm. And we realized that, you know, that so-called black men, black is a color, man. It's not we have a we do have a history prior to being here in this country. Right. Right. And, um, and you know, and we have that's been taken from us. But it's actually been preserved. If you do mm. the research, you can find that. And once you understand who you are, then you can actually reclaim, you know, uh, what was always intended for you to be. You know, we are a very powerful people. The black man is one of the strongest um people on the planet who has been essentially attacked and neutralized. It reminds me of a passage over in uh, Psalms 83 Mm. that talks about how they all been Confederate against us, right? And, And to really remove us from, uh, yeah, they
0: were all conspired against us. They have. They've yeah. been conspiring against yeah. us for the whole time, right? Yeah. so mm-hmm. this is
2: where we are, which is why it's been so tough for us in, in every aspect of everything that we do. And now we have the fathers been completely removed from the home, and our men don't know what fathers look like. So he, they don't see him as a son. They see him as an enemy. So they attack him as an enemy. Like you said, prey. Yeah. They see him as prey. We see yeah. our, the men, we don't see him. You know, we have, you know, these young men out here killing old men. Yeah. They don't see him as fathers and uncles. Mm. They just see him as somebody that, that wasn't there that they hate. And, and until we start, you know, dealing with that issue amongst ourselves and, you know, uh, some of us who are being men, who are strong men like yourself and myself and many others that you have on this podcast, you know, start standing up and and, and claiming who we are and start the awakening process so we know we have our identity. And that's when things are going to change and turn our hearts back to where it should be.
0: Well, oh, that sounds like some true leadership, my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, and that gets us right back to, to where we originally mm-hmm. started. But do, do you have some dad to this? Well, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, so, Jeff, I mean, John, and John made me watch that video, right, on Friday. I was, like, holding my breath all day Friday. John kept coming in and saying, well, they're about to release that footage. They're about to release that footage. And something inside me just wanted to see something different. Than what they had said we were gonna see, and I had anxiety, and and John was kind of coaching us all over here at the office <laughs> through it. And um, you know, it was it got to be. I'd like to hear you guys talk about this. And I heard John talk about this this scorpion team, this squad. Right when when men squad up when they get together, I mean, there's power in that. But then there was also, you know a lot of pain in this particular case so oh, john man. you talked a little bit
0: about yeah boy. you know
1: you can understand mm. the perspective of these
0: you, you know fun and you just God, you just kicked me in the gut on that one it wasn't a bad it's not a bad kick but it's just one that i'm all familiar with i mean some of us you know are trained to be warriors and um you know and i spent all my life as a warrior you know if it ain't football if it ain't the hood is going after, it's protecting my sisters and my brothers, and you know, if it wasn't that, from the mob and the gangs and all of that stuff. So all my life I was trained to be just to go get them. And I could sorta, of, and it's, it doesn't take away what these brothers did, but I could understand somewhat the elements that are at play. I mean, and just to sorta of, sort of bring us, I don't know if any of y'all ever raised any hunting dogs. And uh, you know, and when you get a pack of hunting dogs, if you get about four of them hunting, and you send them out there, and you get them all trained up, and get them all riled up, and you send them out there after the after the prey, and them dogs, let me tell you something. When you send them in there after a hog, them dogs sometimes are going in, there and they get towed up. You know, so you got to rush in there real quick and make sure you got some governance over your dogs in there. But what I've understood was is that there has never been a predictable indicator of how that prey is going to turn turn out after I turn them dogs loose. So there was just a little bit of sense of compassion for them brothers. You know, yeah, I think that there was a a, a real outrageous um, you know, violence that they inflicted upon that young man that was unnecessary. But I understand the element of the chase, and so, and then what comes out of that. So, I'm just not so much ready to just throw them brothers away because I'm not gonna kill all my dogs because one of mate, you know, ate up something. So anyway, it, it's just it just sort of hit me in a in a in a way. The brother wasn't doing nothing. He didn't deserve that treatment. I I will reiterate that. But there's definitely it takes a jailer to have a prisoner and a prisoner to have a jailer. And, and that dynamic, we didn't know what them brothers was up underneath at that time. There's no cause for them to treat anybody that way. But I understand the alpha energy on the chase. And that's all I'm trying to make well, a point about. I think about. you were
1: always talking about like, you know, when, when you need that sort of um, that spirit, when there's some real demons.
0: Oh, yeah. Room, thank you about right? that one, Fawn. When yeah. there's,
1: where some, there's some real dangers, that you know, that's what men do. They activate, you know, they protect but I think, as Jeff pointed out, you know, it got all skewed somehow. Uh, What's the
2: conditioning? What happened is they 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 followed their conditioning, right? And they're training when they don't have when you don't have a love for, you, you can uh, objectify that individual. You don't see him as a father. You don't see him as a son. You don't see him, you know, as a nephew. You don't see him as an uncle, right? You just go to your conditioning. That's the way they've been programmed to absolutely be, right? And then talking about, again, all the pain that they've gone through and the trauma that they've had to go through in their lifetime. And, you know, most of them probably, I guarantee, you, didn't have fathers you know, in their lives. And so this is where, you know, you, you do this. So the compassion... You know, in the situation is very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate that this has been done to us as a collective. It's no different than me watching all these young brothers out here killing each other. Shirak is a, in Dayton, Ohio, and these places are just absolutely It's, it's crazy. Zones, it's, right? it's, it's tough. They're laying bodies down at a at an unprecedented rate. Black people laying black men down. Black men laying black men down at an unprecedented
0: my Precedent, imaginable rate.
1: rate. Can I ask you, though, did, did it hurt all the more because these were five, six, seven black officers? Did that hurt no. all the more no, to no, you guys? No, no. It
2: didn't hurt me at all. More, no, no no, more than any brother killing any brother. What hurts me more is these young kids out here at 15, 16-year-old killing each other, right? Because— that shows you at least these guys' conditioning, I can say, contributed to that, right? Okay. You have these kids that are growing up in a way with no care, no regard. It almost is a hopeless situation. Whereas these dudes, you know, they've been taught and conditioned to react this way, right? There's no excuse for it. But the the young kid on the street that just has no clue about any of this, right, mm-hmm. that is completely deceived, you know, uh, by a system that has conditioned him to hate his own people and to, and to kill a black man or like it's nothing to kill his own brother. It's just, that's what, I mean, no. So it was no difference for me. It's all painful to watch our people do this to each other.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, you know, it's it's that one where blacks always have to prove to the white man that we mm-hmm. we better and yep. we stronger, or that we can get along and we can. So a part of that to me was them, I, you know, getting that training and somebody filling their head saying, well, y'all as good as white cops, so y'all just get out there and do whatever y'all need to do and all of that. And then, of course, the Scorpion Union, all that, the, all this stuff, man, we get so much more to right. understand. Packing that, but what I I have a real strong uh, propensity to to just lean away from is this whole thing about us being insignificant and us being uh, silenced and us being uh, made invisible because we are important, we're significant, and, and, and as we have our guest today, it's, this is part of, of, of what this whole contribution really is all about. So it's about the lack of leadership, and it's about, to some degree, us having that lack of leadership within ourselves, what drives us as individuals, as men, and, and what drives us as people in our in our consciousness, in our spirit. And today we have a brother here that is, has, has, has leaned into some of that work. Over the years, and has begun to manifest, you know, the heading a company, personal philosophy. Did or do you have any mentors, Mr. Jeff? How'd you get here to be a leader in your business today?
2: Well, I have a unique, <clears throat> a unique upbringing in that I grew up in. A uh, uh, area that was predominantly black. Growing up, so mm-hmm. I grew up where the grocery stores were owned by uh, people, black people. Where the my doctors growing up were black. Um, the mall was owned by black people. This is in Dayton, Ohio, the west side of Dayton. Right, mm-hmm. um, Bell Drugstore was where we, you know, went to, you know, do our pharmacy, you know, work for. And so I had a unique opportunity because I lived on the west side of Dayton. It was predominantly black. Um, it is it, it shaped me at an early age to realize I could be whatever I wanted to be. And it made me have an understanding of the importance of the unity within a people, right? Because we had to survive, in order to survive in a in the white west racist Midwest, you had to unite together. So you mm-hmm. have a whole side of town that's united together to take care of itself. And so this is where my entrepreneurial stuff, you know, came from, right? To watch, you know, all these young entrepreneurs, CJ McLean and all these guys that were, you know, having flourishing you know businesses at the time and really supporting the community and the fathers were very actively involved mm. you know running the community right you know we didn't you know um it's the fathers that stopped the fighting it was the fathers that was, was strong in the community mm. right and so you had that there so that gave me a sense of understanding i could do whatever i would whatever i could could do and it also gave me a sense of understanding the importance of the unity of our people and everything I'm doing needs to be focused on how to make black better right how to make so-called black better and I keep saying that Mm -hmm. because black is just a color and I mean I see us different you know and who who we are as a people because I've done a lot of research so I don't see ourselves as black because we you know we (laughs) We were somebody before we came here.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I always believe that carbon, you know, when they talk about carbon, the significance of a diamond, when I mm-hmm. think about it, most people don't realize that a diamond starts out black. Mm-hmm. But it's placed under an extreme mm-hmm. amount of pressure sure. before it gets to sparkle.
2: And that's what so, we're about to do. We're we on the verge about we, the sparkle. About even. the sparkle.
0: About the shine. We're about to sparkle. So, Jeff, tell me, man, what's it like managing? The, the large staff of people that you have, man, in light of the fact of our conditions of our society today, happen to be able to motivate people, keep people enrolled. What's it like to manage such a large staff? And how do you set the tone as a leader in that kind of environment, Jeff? Well, I see it as
2: a, uh, for me, it's a blessing, right? You know, the father is, you know, I'm a man of faith. You know, my faith is, you know, what drives me uh, to everything that I do. And when I mean that I'm not, you know, I am a man of strong spirituality. I don't, you know, I believe in the most high. And so it's a blessing for me to be able to employ people because I employ people to minister to them. Right. Mm. And so I look at, you know, my company as a hospital, especially because 70 percent of our management staff are people of color. Yeah. Right. Specifically wow. black people. Right. And 50 percent of our field is our uh, people of color. Um, and so we um, and or women. So we really st- we really strive and for me my my whole focus has been how do i now take what has been given to me right and be able to give that to others right and so i see it as a as a as a ministry, as an opportunity to be able to employ people and to help them grow and to be the best version of themselves, help them get free, help them deal with the trauma. It's amazing the trauma that our people
0: have. Oh boy, Isn't that a, is amazing the trauma. Man, I'm so glad you said that. And you know, and I and I and that man, you one of them one organizations that get it, that understand that the heart, the cart, the horse comes before the cart, mm-hmm. you know, and we've been just wanting to throw opportunity at, at our people and all that. But you know, there's a, there's a barrier to our success. And I, and again, it's, it's instilled, it's been instilled in us, mm-hmm. uh, this mm-hmm. whole consciousness that I'm not okay, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's a real good one, Jeff. I mean, making sure that you address the trauma in people before you give them the gift mm-hmm. is a real important part of this here whole process.
1: But- john i'll just say like again you know to make the list of Flossen, right of one of the top five organizations that's building black better is you know it we looked at black leadership we looked at you know being able to recruit and manage a staff um that you know was people of color and um you know and then being successful and and philanthropic but A lot of times what you'll hear in companies and stuff is like oh we can't find people of color we can't find black people we can't find minorities to hire they don't have the skill set they're not trained they're not um, um, you know they don't or, you know, how how did you overcome that? Because those are some impressive stats, you know, 70% and 50%. Well, I realize
2: that's a lie, right? So I realize that that our people have been locked out. Construction is is an industry that we've really been locked out. If you look at, you know, all the skilled labor was in the slave population in 1865 during Reconstruction. Hmm. How do you take that and look at all the infrastructure that's been built in this country, right? We got out of the Great Depression because FDR put, put people to work. How do you take how do you take all that skill being in the slave population in 1865 and having very little of it in the population at 1975, hmm. right? That was been done to us, right? And we've been sold that you we go down these other paths, but construction, if you have a willingness to work, you know, that's all you need. And for me, because I'm able to see the diamonds in the rough, I look for talent. And I realized that, you know, black people are the most talented people, you know, on the planet, right? It's why we shaped the culture, you know, for the world. Right. And so just because they've been locked out of something doesn't doesn't hinder their talent. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of people that came in as engineers right. because our kids are not been, you know, allowed those opportunities right. to go to the engineering school. So I bring a kid in, whether they got a degree or don't. If I find they have the aptitude then we work with them, hold them accountable, realizing that we have to, you know, crack their head because we we strive for excellence. You must be excellent. Right. And what we do, you have to have a willingness to work. You know, some people I've had to fire three or four times, Mm. right, and bring them back. Yeah, you could. Did you know there's a new national broadband map? You can learn more about the Internet services available in your area and help improve the maps by visiting broadbandmap.fcc.gov. Again, that's broadbandmap.fcc.gov. Just to bring them back part. Just to bring them back, right, because they don't get it, and I have to show them that I'm serious about it. But always recognize the talent and... I have to separate the talent from the trauma. And so how do I get this talent and help this trauma heal? Mm-hmm. Realizing that this dude is a very talented, or this young lady is a very talented person, but she just has so much baggage and trauma that if I can work with her to help her deal with that trauma, then I'll have this diamond in the rough Ooh. that'll turn out to flourish like you cannot
0: believe. I've you know, been listening in class. Yeah, so. <laughs> he was listening. He been listening in class. You know, because the class definitely is there. That's that's a great answer. Think,
1: yeah, is is uh-huh. it is therapy in the CEO job description?
0: Well, I had
2: to get a lot of therapy myself because being black in this country, I had a lot of trauma. Hey, look (laughs) at
0: that sister down there in Oakland over Black Lives Matter wasn't joking. Mm -hmm. She said when when the interviewer was asking her, he says, well, if you get reparations, well and you had a reparation bag to give everybody what would be the first thing you put in the bag mm-hmm. the sister didn't even miss a beat she mm-hmm. said i'd get them an endless uh mental health card mm-hmm. today for mental health <laughs> services. Yep. that'd be the first thing i put in there mm-hmm. i ain't mad at them mm-hmm. you know so jeff tell me man i mean but all this work and and all this there has to be something at the other end i mean so the reward right so let's talk about getting the gold man uh What's the what's the key to this lead to getting the big deal, man? Huh? You know, because I mean, when you look at it, I mean, right now, you've gotten some of the to get here, you had to get the goal, you know, to be able to carry such a large staff, to be able to continue the vision as large as you have it. You got to have the goal, mm-hmm. okay? Well, you should have some goal. Yeah, <laughs> you sound I mean, like you get of, old, yeah, for sure. I <laughs> mean, know. Raymore
1: Construction again landed some of the, the. Mu- the The most biggest yeah the largest contracts first Mm -hmm. with I think Trimac was first one of the largest Mm -hmm. um, uh, minority contracts Mm -hmm. and that was in the tens of millions right Mm -hmm. and then of course the I-5 Rose Quarter Improvement Project Mm -hmm. which is you know tipping the scales at over a billion Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. Um, you know yeah. So what was <laughs> the journey like, man? How do you, what was that feeling get like there? getting there? Let's we, talk about how it. How'd you get, get there, man? She started with a truck, man.
2: <laughs> he, started he started with, started truck. with a truck. <laughs> At least she was hauling some eat. stuff. You, you know? know what? I, I mean, I, I bought... I bought a lot. I went to school. You know, I mm-hmm. went to, you know, that the school was the only way. Boy, get go to school, get you one of them good jobs. But are going to break your back. And so I did that. And I did the corporate dance. I worked for a lot of major corporations at a, as an executive. And I was always, you know, buying homes on the side, you know, because mm-hmm. I was always an entrepreneur. And so I decided um, uh, I went to an Internet startup and uh, they didn 't get the second round of funding, and so I just started a business um, that was doing consulting a small to medium sized business and most of my businesses were were contract interesting one of my first co- customers was James <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yes man. sir president yeah. NWACP. <laughs> and that
2: 's when I realized that the, con- the construction industry was a was a gold mine and an opportunity people don 't realize that over you know the top fifty companies twenty six of them in Oregon are construction companies yeah. And so there's a gold mine and you have every discipline in there. And so for me being true to the game, I, you know, I started a construction company and I got out there and I started doing the work, which is why it took us a while for us to grow, because you can't manage anything or run anything if you don't understand it yourself. Yes, sir. So I spent the first 10, 15 years out there, probably 15 years out there on the streets, actually laying the bricks, pouring the concrete, tying the rebar, you know, because you can't you know, do can't it. Can't teach go, it. Yeah, yeah you can't teach
1: it. you
0: not overnight success. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, you can't teach it if you don't know yeah. how to do it. the
2: grind. I'm in the evening in the office doing the, doing the business, right? So I would work from 7 to 4 o'clock in the morning out there in the field and then go run the business from 4 o'clock you know, at night to midnight hmm. and, and and get that under. And that's what it took. Hmm. And then as I, as I started understanding, I started bringing people around me, you know, um, you know, I always had my partner, Andre, that was with me and mm. you know, hard down with his boots laced up. Yeah. And uh, then I started adding people like Jesse and, you know, and then we had the whole group of the youngsters that come on that kind of grew up watching this opportunity. Yeah. And that's how we get here. And when we win these jobs out of competency, so we're not um, – we don't need you to tell us how to do our job. Mm. You give us the plans, the specs, the drawings, and we'll go build it. Right, And we'll tell you if something doesn't look right and work right because we're competent at what we do. And that's um, – that's how you. The only way to do that is to get out there and do this work. You know what I mean. It doesn't yeah. happen in on one or two, three, four, five years. You know, for me, it's been out there building for 15 years. It's only been the last seven, seven, eight years that I've actually not been out there touching the work at that level. Even though two or three years ago I was on a coales job and had to go finish the sidewalk, which I can
0: <laughs> go do. I finish the curb. Step in, so, get out hey, the way, yeah, young hey, man. That's hey, why hey, they asked me no, not to no, coach. Ain't no shame <laughs> in my game, you know. What yeah, man? get out the way. You know, let me show, you, yep, how show you how to do this. Show you how to do this. Stick know. around, my friend. I've been
1: doing this for
0: years. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: what is Raymore specializing in right now? That's well, so we're a heavy civil
2: contractor. We primarily do streetscape work. Um, one of the things that was so unique about the I-5 Rose Quarter is you're talking about uh, a billion-dollar job that has the potential— to give millions and millions of dollars into our community, right? You know, in terms of living wage jobs, right? This is practical people so they can they can, you know, not low income housing. If they come in as an apprentice and they go to a journeyman, you know, they'll be making sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. Yeah. That's enough income to buy a house. Yeah. They go to a foreman, they're making seventy, ninety thousand dollars a year. They go to a superintendent making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Nice. And that's just with a good work ethic. And so the opportunity to give these kind of jobs to our people are are very critical for me, right? I mean, and it can because that's how you change community. How you build wealth in a community is I give my dollars to John, John give them to me, I give them to Posey, Posey give them to John, and we keep those dollars amongst ourselves, Circulate, and then we yeah. go out and we earn more dollars in our community, right? By doing the work we're doing, but we keep our dollars among ourselves. But you got to have some dollars to start, mm. you know. Black Wall Street, Greenwood, they built that because they kept the dollars amongst themselves, but they had to have some dollars first to be able to get. Going. There you go, and they did that through the oil the oil fields, so, right? Anyway, yeah. so oh. that's where 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 it is. So,
0: so Jeff, I mean, so it's clear that you understand you have some staying power. But tell me, man, what's what's needed in this industry? for you to get 15 years or 20 is there anything like magic that uh, any kind of pill you could buy at the stove or <laughs> uh, some of your formula that, that you can have that, that that yeah that gives you the ability to sustain man because you know after all extending anything the, the game is about how long you in it mm-hmm. you know to be able to get that magic dollar that kind that really makes you be able to change some shit mm-hmm. so what 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 is that substance jeff that you have identified that gives you the ability to sustain in this environment
2: um, for me, it, go, it goes back to understanding truth, right? And understanding, you know, where everything for me flows from. It flows from my relationship, right? You know, uh, to the to the Creator, and that gives me the staying power. Because many times I wanted to quit. You know, it's tough out here, man. We, this yeah. is a very very tough industry, man. <laughs> well, and we we got a lot of competitors, yeah. you know that. That don't want to see you see anybody succeed, let alone uh, a young, you know, so-called black
0: man. Yeah, it's always coming, ain't it?
2: Right, you know, and so I mean, to you have to believe and you have to be called to it, right? And I believe I was called to it. Uh, The father gave me all the prerequisite skills to be able to, you know, do business because I learned that out there. I just had to learn construction and you just have to believe and you have to stay to it. Remember, success is really managing failure over time.
0: Mm.
2: Right. You said that success is really managing failure over time. Yeah. And if I can get through that seven, eight year hump, nine year hump, 10 year hump, you're going to have it figured out at that point. Yeah. And you will learn how to, you know, make it, you know, so busy. You're not so busy trying to make a living that you can never make no money. See, I'm past that finally. I'm past the time where I'm just so busy trying to make a living I couldn't make no money. I can think now about how to make some money, money. right?
0: (laughs) How to to increase the money, how how to keep it, right? And how to
2: put that money in other people's pockets. See, I don't have the only one syndrome. See, if I win, everybody around me win. That's why yeah. 86% of the DTP, the Division Transit Project, was an $80 million project. Yeah. a TriMet Project, 86% of the work went to DBE firms. 50% of the actual work on the ground went to minorities.
0: Mm. Again,
1: kind of stats that are unheard of. In right. This, yeah,
0: yeah. This, yeah. Well, That's that's, that's why they town. say he the champion. <laughs>
1: well, but, John, I mean, you're on to a good point nah. there because um, I often, you know, when we were first starting out and looking at success, John was like, well, anybody can get successful but it's sustaining without self destruction mm-hmm. and i know the i5 rose quarter project is full of landmines it's full of political uh, challenges. political challenges mm-hmm. thank yeah. you and there's it's the most talked about you know project in town And, you know, you're sitting right there in the middle of the bullseye of it it all, Jeff. I mean, how are you navigating those complexities? Because at that point, it's not about the competency of your work. It's about the ability to- to navigate this complex system. Right, or
0: the challenges. What are some of your challenges? About, yeah. yeah, about well, the challenges. I mean, yeah.
1: it's just it's
2: been very, very tough because all I want to do is build something and get our people to work. <laughs> yeah. right? All I want to do is put mm-hmm. some change in my people's pockets, right? You know what I mean? So they can get a living wage job so they can buy homes, they can take care of their families, right? That's what this is about for me. And all the political stuff is is come in and and been co-opted. I mean, this whole project has been co-opted, right? You know, we got one of the worst bottlenecks You know, on the West Coast here. Right. That needs something needs to be done. Right. And and all these, you know, other interests have come in to try to co-opt this process. And all I'm hoping to do is let's build something so we can give people living wage jobs. Let's build the right project because that's very important. Let's fix the bottleneck because that's very important. Yeah and let's make sure that this time the project is not mishandled in such a way that people of color don't get any benefit from it like they did when they built the initial i5 or they built the the motor center or when they built the convention center which took took hundreds of millions of dollars of wealth out of right Black pop about black population, right. so my goal for this project was to try to make sure that this time we got a chance to benefit, and if I figured if I could do you know numbers like that on an eighty million dollar project, if I can get on a billion dollar project and do just a you know half of that, hey, I mean it's a it's a to ton me. more money, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. the people. So yeah. hope that answered the question. Yeah. Well. I, well
1: there's been some stick sticklers, though, for you. So mm-hmm. it kind of answered the question. But there's been some particular um, talk about the delays a little bit. Um,
2: it's been very frustrating. It's been very frustrating that, you know, we spent a lot of time, people like James Posey, and myself and many others, beating up ODOT for years to get them to to be different. Right, and they finally commit to this project yeah, to be different. Yeah. Right, and they mm-hmm. really committed to it, right, at the highest level in Old Eye.
0: Yeah, right to my face. told right. me what he thought. Yeah, yeah. He, he was going to do it the way he said he was going to mm-hmm. do it. I asked him, is you full of shit or not? No. He said, no, I ain't full of shit. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you looked in your eyes like ain't, yeah. you know? ain't, <laughs> you know. And they've
2: done that. And it's amazing that the community has actually derailed the ability for us to actually benefit. Yeah. You know, I was on a call, and I'm not going to say who, but it was a former, you know, politician who asked me, Well, Jeff, what's the what's the if we delay the project another, you know, year and a half, what is the big deal with that? I said, For our community it means death. Yeah. Our people are out here, they don't have any upward mobility. It means death for our people. They're out here killing each other because they can't find a way to to take care of themselves because they've been completely
0: locked out of the prosperity in this country. Right, or we've been made to feel invalid and insignificant when we built this country. Absolutely.
2: And so that's what it means. And this was a, 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 a person of color that was asking these questions. And for me, it's just about moving the agenda forward, getting... You know, our people on a real opportunity to grow. And, I, and we're talking about careers. We're not talking about just jobs. Yeah. Right. I've been at this now in construction 25 years. Right. I have, you know, a lot of people in their mid 30s. that has been in it 10, 12 years. Right. Yeah. These are real careers. They're making really good money. And you get a chance to look at we built a convention center with Colas. Right. And we did that remodel on the convention center. And I'm proud to look at that and say, Hey man, we did that. We go out mm-hmm. to Division Street, street, look at all the work we did. Right. Yeah. You look at all the work that people yeah. like Colas and some of these other, you know, builders are doing. You take right. your children there. Some of these parks we built, we built right. those parks yeah. where all these kids are playing yeah. Yeah. and that, having meaningful living wages for meaningful work. Right. You know, that's how we live.
1: Yeah. I think I heard you say before, um, both of you guys saying like, Fully resourced people can afford time. Under resourced people, cannot, exactly. Right, and that's and what they, John Washington. Is. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. And, that's and, and and you know, and you know, there are we got adversaries. I mean, there are issues that even rain. It's so amazing because this Ty Nicholson situation has on. It's just a microcosm of what really we're experiencing in our in our communities and gender and all this issues that we're having. I mean, I was thinking about this about them about about black. Black males in its essence about how would we, how do we think about ourselves when when one morning we wake up, you know, from the struggle and somebody and we get in the game and somebody told us. But well, now you have 80 different genders you have to identify with before you can become. Mm-hmm. And we just still struggle. To try to, well, how the hell about be black mm-hmm. <laughs> and all this? Now you want to throw all these other things mm-hmm. and, then, you know, and then my role. What's my role today as a black man in my community? Yeah. How do I uh, uh, make that contrib- contribution to it? How do I? What, what am I? What what value do I? Have? All of these types of things. But you know, Jeff, as I talk, I hear you talk about some of this stuff, uh, you know, actually, um, m- my producer called me up the other night and said on PBS, uh, uh, Senator Ron Wyden is doing a, doing a national pitch about a, about a project. Just a sidebar in Baltimore. And it's amazing how these things are picking up.
1: It, it was uh, President Biden.
0: Uh, President. Oh, it yeah, was President, President Biden. Biden. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Unveiling the um, Baltimore Railroad Project.
0: No, Rail Tunnel. The Rail Rail Tunnel Tunnel. Project, Mm -hmm. where where they they named this project the Frederick Douglass... A project, mm-hmm. right? Estimated to cost $6 billion and worth $4 billion of that is coming from the, the infrastructure dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, well over 30,000 blue-collar jobs. Mm-hmm. And so it's a kind of an example of what you're talking about, the possibility and the potential mm-hmm. of what we're doing around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then I, I don't know the relationship of reparations with all this, but I think that for me, it's just about allowing the, um, the uh, equity and the uh, distribution of wealth to be more fair. And and I think that as you push into this environment and you begin to make some of these things aware some of these issues and some of these opportunities aware to the greater uh, politicians or the greater dollar structure, I think we're going to get some more movement in this, Jeff. So I'm, I'm really proud of the work that you've been doing. And, and hey, man, much respect to you. Right.
2: Th- thanks. Thanks, uh, John. You know, before we close out, dear, and I, I, I just want to. I was, um, you know, we all grew up in kind of hip-hop culture, and I remember this song that they did, and I was listening to it. It came on, so I listened to it the other night, and it was, uh, we're all in the same gang. It was an ni- early 90s rap song, and I listened to Ice-T's portion of it, <laughs> and I just want to read it. It says, um, I got an idea. Give me a minute. And if it makes sense, then get with it. What if we could take our enemies, feed them poison, Under-educate their girls and boys and split them up. Make them fight one another. Better yet, make them kill for a color. Keep them drunk and high so they won't know what's up. Make them think jails where you go if you're tough. Keep them unemployed. Then they'll probably steal. Give them more dope and that they'll probably deal. They'll kill themselves off. Think about it. Dope plot. Somebody parties every time one of us gets shot.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I was just
2: thinking about his brother is since he talked about everything that's really happening in the day yeah
0: yeah Yeah.
2: and
1: so the philanthropy though is is a part of the your formula for success absolutely when we look at it um and same with artists like that i mean it's their ability to you know sort of give back perspective but also resources Mm -hmm. right can can before we go also jeff i mean again to make this list you know you're not just like black led you know able to you know lead a good Solid team of of people of color, you know, and and get the gold. But you know, it's really your ability to give back. It's the full circle.
0: It's the formula so for a success.
1: A How uh, yeah. Construction. Yeah. It's about community, leadership.
2: right? Again, you know, not we we can't. You know, we've been taught. You know, to have this only one syndrome, right? And mm-hmm. for me, you know. If I, if I win, everybody's got to win. Otherwise, we don't win.
0: We don't right? win.
2: You know what I mean? Um, so it's not about that. So I sponsor a lot of different events. I can't do everything, but I do as much as I can, and y'all all know this. And I... And I wanna make sure people make money on my projects. Anybody that works for me as a subcontractor, they'll all tell you is that I'm gonna make sure you make money on this project. Even if I gotta handhold you to get through this, right, we're gonna work mm-hmm. through this, right? And then some of that community events, I think that we need to be the first dollars in on our community. Mm-hmm. The things that we need. Our dollars need to go in first instead of always looking for white benevolence to kind of help us down. You know what I mean? We got enough strong companies now here is that why, you know, we sponsor the jazz festival and some of these other things we, you know. Yeah. Be done because yeah, in like Cairo schools. Yeah. Because we yeah. need to, do our first lives. dollars need to be our uh, do, Owning first our dollars in our real yeah. estate. Yes,
0: right. Owning our real estate. It is my estate. community. That's it's
2: right. not a white community. It's a black, like, community, yeah, right. So we call it black community, right? So called black community. It's my community. Right. Right. My right. dollars need to be first dollars in, right? right? Yeah. To support the things that, especially the things that are upward and mobile in our community that are gonna, you know, change, you know, things, right? And and so that's why it's so and so important that we and I, you know, we support all the, the businesses, you know. Whether it's you know, we've done a lot of work with Floss and Yeah, man. Done a lot of work. we yeah. we support all the businesses to the best of our ability because yeah. that's how we 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 spread the love right we right. we show each other you know that. Uh, we don't just say we love each other. I can show you I'll show you my love by my <laughs> Yeah,
0: Walking right? people right. through it. That's right. Way, right. way, 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 way. I'm so I Man, I'm excited about this interview this morning. You know, have my partner in here, man, and I'm so glad. And, and look here, y'all just know I didn't have nothing to do with him getting this award. I it was not was my selection, they're about to selected him through all that due diligence and research. So but when you talk about philanthropy, You know, Flossen has a formula, and it's an entrance point, it's an agitation, it's a rival, and then there's that last magical part, philanthropic. The question is, what do you give back? And this whole idea of us sitting at the table just considering what we can get off it is just not an idea that's rooted in sustainability. The question is more or less about what we're going to bring to the table and what we're going to... Jeff, it was a pleasure having you here on the show today. Pleasure to be and, here, uh, And man, sharing that insight and wisdom. For those of you who are companies that are just starting out, I hope that you can grab some of this knowledge off of this table that we're we're spooning out to you. But there's so much more. Uh, Mr. Raymore. how do these people get a hold of you man if they need to get a hold of your company or get a hold of you and 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 to be a part of this exciting opportunity
2: well there's going to be a lot of uh, uh projects that we're chasing um uh, so we're going to have a lot of advertisements out when opportunities come and we'll we have those opportunities you know for small levels medium size level and larger levels the whole goal is to hopefully grow several companies to be able to become a raymore right the more Thanks. we have the better e- you know Opportunities we can have. I and mean, yes, we're right now, we don't want to fight over little small pieces. We no. want to grow that pot. Yeah, that's right. right. So, yeah. yeah, so just, I mean, stay tuned to everything that's out there. We publicize and all the stuff. John, you get all the notices that yes, we'll sir. put out on all the opportunities that are coming up. There's going to be tons of opportunities for work, tons of opportunities for employment. We're going to be doing an event, a hiring event in in, in uh, May, a big hiring event, which we'll talk to you about. we just in the planning yeah. stages about We'll make sure we get that advertised out where we're going to have living wage jobs consider the trades i'm not saying you know school is not that important but the trades you can still go to school and get a you know get a career and go into most of the people don't understand that most of the bilderberg most of the um the, they call them the robber barons, right? Uh. That actually built this country. Most of them did not have college degrees. Right. Most of the ones right. that actually are funding all these Harvards and all these universities, right. your Rockefellers and all these things, you know, a lot of their kids didn't have college degrees, mm-hmm. right? But yet they still so I'm just saying get in there and work there's an opportunity and you can educate yourself, you know. We've never been in a time like this to where, you know, I can get an a college education at the inter, over the internet, you know, probably better educate myself over the internet.
0: <laughs> than I can not Yeah, that's them times, it. boy. Mm-hmm. It's something else. YouTube i, I just, just YouTube it. The cat said he ain't messing with no broke what. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but the whole idea is he ain't messing with no ignorant, stupid person, mm-hmm. neither. You know, y'all that are out there, you got to make sure that you got knowledge. Believe me, if you've been alive for 25 years, you have learned something, mm-hmm. you know. And so the idea is to try to put it to work. And uh, so listen here, y'all get this interview get it and get with it and y'all know what it's about out there it's about black history month coming down the pike at y'all make that contribution and again oh man it's always a pleasure my brother to have you in the room man spitting this knowledge and wisdom and congratulations on your award and we here at black beat want to keep letting you know the tone is about love and the frequency is about forgiveness y'all have a great afternoon and thank y'all very much you here